Hi, hello, and welcome to Oh Boy, the podcast presented by Man Repeller. I'm your host, Jay Bume, and today's guest is the amazing and talented Aidy Bryant. You know and love her from her work on Saturday Night Live. She was also in Louis C.K.'s show Horace and Pete earlier this year, and recently just made a short film, Darby Forever, which you can check out on Vimeo. I'm such a huge fan of Andy Bryant, and this, this conversation was a real damn treat. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the easiest way to create a blog or website. Use the offer code OBOY at checkout for 10% off your first purchase. Okay, let's get into it. I'm so impressed. <laughs> it's the most cool, like, Brooklyn man thing to do to not have a TV to me. Because I'm just like a Manhattan woman, psychotically constantly watching Real Housewives or something. So, so where where did you grow up? Um, well, we're really starting, aren't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I grew up in Phoenix, in Arizona. Yeah. And I liked it. I like. I've been. I spent a lot of time growing up in the Southwest. I love it. Out really? There. Mm-hmm. Where were you? We from? used. Oh, I'm from New Jersey. Oh. Yeah. But we used to always, that's where we would go on vacation. Oh my God. That's amazing. Not to like, we would, yeah. I mean, we'd stop in Phoenix, but we would like drive around to all the national yeah, parks yeah. and stuff in the Southwest. No. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. Now when I, I, at the time I like thought it was like so gross. I was like, Ugh, it's a bunch of rocks, like just a little teen <laughs> bitch. And now I'm like so <laughs> grateful for rocks. it. Yeah. Pretty but that, much. That's the way it goes. I mean, I couldn't wait to get out of New Jersey. And every time I go home now, I'm just like. It's so green in my face. I know. It's, it's beautiful. Just, you know? I guess that's just the way it goes, right? Like, you can't wait to get out, and then you realize how much you loved it. Fully. It's pretty I, cliche. I really, I know I liked it. <laughs> but I also, like, I'm not, I don't want to live there, really. Was it, again. like, were you wearing a lot of denim, a lot of turquoise? Um, or Phoenix, I know Phoenix is a little more metropolitan. No, than... yeah, like, I, like, my house had, like, grass, you know? Okay. Like, we didn't have, like, cactus, like, life or anything <laughs> like that. Um but no, I was just a sweating child, <laughs> just a child sweating through her life. But it's that dry heat. It's not that humidity. Yeah, but I mean, like, it all sucks. <laughs> Anything over, like, 80 to me is, like, unbearable. Yeah. So, like, my whole childhood would just have major, major chunks where I was like, this is hell for me. <laughs> um, but, like, but, I mean, besides, like, the heat, like, did you, did you consider maybe growing up there ideal? Um, You know... I kind of, because I mean, I do think like, uh, I don't know. I I took so for granted, but had so much fun like in high school, like with my friends, like driving up a mountain, <laughs> you yeah. know, or that kind of thing, or like sitting on the top of a mountain and just like looking at the city and listening <laughs> to our music or whatever. And um, now I'm like, that was that was cool. Yeah. Like that was a cool thing to go and do. But in know? the in the moment, you didn't think it was. I think I was like, I wish I lived in New York City or something, or like, I belong like on the, in the East Village, like <laughs> being cool or something. I don't know. Was that like an abstract concept to you though? But totally, did, yeah. Did, like I didn't know what anything oh, okay. was. Yeah, I never knew what anything was, but I still was like, I'm a movie woman or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's funny because like I had the same experience, and I used to come here like you know i would i would take the train in all yeah, the time it was like a tangible I was like thing the east, but like i was like i for the long i just grew up thinking like yeah i'm gonna be an east village guy yes and now we both don't live in the yeah. east village <laughs> i really did like it though i mean and like you know i have nice parents who i love and so that they were like a nice nice thing to have in arizona <laughs> what uh did what what else? Did you have brothers and sisters? I have a brother. Um, yes, and I love him very much. He's, like, actually about to move to New York, so I feel very excited. But he's younger than me, like, way younger. He's okay. seven years younger. Oh, wow. So so you were almost an only child for a while. Kind of, yeah. And then even, like, as I was, like, in tweendom, like, he was still, like, a baby. Right. You know, like, a true baby. Right. So, like, I moved away when he was 11. So that oh, wow. is, like, sad <laughs> to me. Yeah. But that's why I'm excited he's, like, moving here and we're going to hang. Oh, well, that's cool. But he's the best. What what kind of kid were you growing up? What were you doing besides going on um, mountain trips? <laughs> mountain trips that I hated. And um, I don't know. I mean, I did do, like, kind of, like, teen theater or, like, you know, summer camp theater stuff or that type yeah. of thing. I went to um, a, I went to a summer camp once that had a big theater program. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so fun. It's so funny because um, that one the one skit that you guys do the teen on yes. SNL all the time. Yes. I'm like, 
this this is too real. I mean, it's really it's based real. on our experiences. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really is. And we all... I mean, because definitely there's also, like, a particular time between, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 17 or, like, 16 and, like, 21 where you're, like, I guess theater is, like, how we make change, yeah. you know? And so you just, like, are constantly <laughs> being, like, AIDS or whatever, like, screaming in an audience's right, face. Right. And it's, like, maybe not the best The way. best way to get your message across. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it, but so, yeah. I mean, I was totally, like, doing that type of stuff. Well, what brought you to that? Do you remember what was the first thing that kind of where you kind of were like oh this seems like something I want to do I think I was just like I need that much attention (laughs) um but I don't know I mean I also like I really I liked like being like charactery or that type of thing right so I don't know what do you mean like just like being oh I don't even know like I remember as a child like one of the cool things that I could do that my friends would be like do this is I could do like a witch laugh or whatever which now I'm like oh very cool teen trait but um but I definitely like you know little just like voices or whatever right right. and so then I was like well I guess I can kind of do this here and and so through kind of doing these like summer camps, they would usually have like a section on like improv. And I always, always felt like I was like, oh, I like this so much better than everything else that's happening. What did of. you like about it? Um, I guess that I was in control. <laughs> that okay. I could choose what I was saying. Um, I also just like, I felt like it was like a hard challenge and yeah. I liked doing that. And so like pretty quickly like I think I was probably 15 when I started like doing like teen improv troops or whatever did you remember like the name of your first improv troop Uh, I don't remember the name of it but it was through like the Arizona Jewish Theater Company even though I'm not Jewish (laughs) and it was even though there's no Jewish people in Arizona there actually are a lot of Jewish people like you wouldn't (laughs) believe um but so yeah so there that's where I like kind of started doing it that's cool yeah and was there a moment where it kind of clicked in your head where you were like well this is what I want to spend my life doing this is what I want to do um not totally I think I still was like kind of holding on to like a theater dream in Mm. some weird way not that they're that different but they kind of are like when you get into it one involves like kind of writing for yourself and developing like your own kind of persona as like a comedian maybe or like that type of thing and the other you know is more like you're gonna audition for like a Tennessee Williams play or whatever and like hope for the best you know um (laughs) and I think for me that was like a big thing that I was like I would rather kind of be in control of my own destiny a little bit in that way so then when I got to college and I was like majoring in theater I just was like I also, like, maybe didn't, not that I, like, was hating on the theater kids, but, like, I just was, like, these aren't, like, my people. It didn't feel, yeah. yeah. I didn't feel like I was, like, oh, these are, like, my best friends. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. No, that's kind of amazing, though, because, I mean, sometimes it takes people a long time to realize that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, or where, like, something clicks for them where they're, like, all the other stuff kind of, like, comes into, comes out of focus in a way where you're, like, oh, this is definitely what I want to do. It's, it's, it's hard for people to find that sometimes. Yeah. I think I I had, like, a lot of friends in high school in a lot of different friend groups, but I was always, like, searching still for, like, people where I was, like, oh, this is, like, totally my vibe. Right. Even though I had, like, great best friends who I'm still so close with, I think there was, like, a creative aspect that I was still, like, looking for. And then when I got to college, I was, like, okay, well, these theater kids aren't quite (laughs) that for me either. Yeah. So. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So where I was, like, parts of this fit, but parts of it don't. And, um, you know, I didn't care about, like, preparing my 10 bars or whatever to, like, practice for the whatever audition. I just was like, I can't, I don't care about it. And it was hard to, like, fake it. So then when I kind of started taking improv classes, like, at, like, Chicago improv theaters, I was like, oh, man, this is, like, such a fit. Oh, wait, so you were in school in Chicago? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was there a reason you wanted to go to Chicago? Yeah, to do improv. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Because what, what what did Chicago represent to you well, at that time? Well, I mean, basically one of my, like, you know, improv teachers in Arizona had taken classes and, like, trained in Chicago yeah. and then moved back. And so he would kind of say, like, you know, there's, like, a community that's, like, all about <laughs> this thing that we're doing. And yeah. it's, like, they're, you know, 
that's their art form rather than like doing it to create material like sketch or something like that and that was like very intoxicating to me and so I was like um well I want to get get over there <laughs> yeah so your parents were supportive of what you wanted to do yeah they really were they never looked at you with a side eye like no mm, but maybe have something to fall back on no never, I felt that's very awesome lucky. I that's know. really cool yeah they were so cool about it and also like um you know I think it's one thing to be like I want to be an actor maybe people kind of understand what that trajectory is and but I wasn't really saying that I was like I want to do improv and like <laughs> sketch comedy and I think they were a little bit like you know, they just got it right on board with it, like, very quickly, even that's though awesome. that's maybe, I think now people know more about it, but, like, you know, oh, in yeah. 2005 or whatever, they were a little, like, what is it? Yeah, I mean, when I, when I was in high school, we used to come to the UCB theater all the time in, like, the late 90s, like, right when it opened. Yeah. When it was, it was at a different so spot. So cool, yes. I mean, it was, like, you know, and it was, like, the place, like, where we could, it was, like, BYOB. Totally. And we were just, like, 17-year-olds, just, like, sitting in the aisles so cool just just you know like and it was people like it was like louis ck did a show there yeah. it was called like louis ck's filthy stupid talent show great and then the original ucb folks did a show every week the and there was this group naked babies mm-hmm. that was like rob cordry's group great have you do you know anything i mean i have know you, about like, like was, so much of it and that it type of thing was in Chicago too yeah, yeah. and it, yeah. it just like i think for me <laughs> this is so lame but like it felt cooler to me than theater. Like I was just yeah. like, oh, these people are badasses and they're cool and they're like doing their own thing. It felt more like going to like shows, like music shows, you right. know, like the, which I did a lot of in high school. And I was like, oh, this feels like kind of a marriage between the two where it's like late night. It's like your own thing. <laughs> you kind of yeah. can do whatever the hell you want. You get to like form your own band, <laughs> you know, right. your band of friends who are going to do improv. I mean, it's so stupid. And I realized that. But even in that moment, I was just like, oh, this is all clicking for me as right. far as like where I want to hang out at night and what I want to do on weekends and yeah. That kind of thing. Was there a strong music scene growing up in Phoenix? Kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah, kind of there was. I mean, there were, like, little cool underground-y venues that, like, you could just go to. And I didn't always know who was playing, but you could just go there and right. there would be cool stuff happening, you I know? Mean, I know. I miss that a lot. Yeah. I, I think miss that. I can't, I can't tell if that's not happening anymore or I'm too old and I don't like that stuff anymore. <laughs> like, I don't want to go just explore anymore. Well, I think, I think it's a little bit being a little bit older, but also it's... um. There's so much of it. Yeah. And there's like the internet now, kind yeah, of. So like I was yeah. just teetering on the edge. Like there was MySpace when I was in high school, yeah. but it wasn't like, you know, I don't know. It wasn't like how it is now where you could just like fully look up everything about everyone. You, you can like watch them play live yeah. before you go check them out. Totally. You know, from like six different angles. Yes. Which is cool. That's cool. That's cool too. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm not an old man saying like, <laughs> no, you don't know. Yes. You know. Everybody's, you know, anyway, um, were there folks that you were looking up to when you were in, in, in high school? Um, yeah, I mean, I watched SNL religiously. So yeah. to me, I was like, what is that? Like, how do you get to do that? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know, did you, were your folks fans of SNL too? Oh yeah, because totally. I, I have vivid memories of like bonding with my folks, super hardcore with them. Like totally renting like the best of Gilda Radner. Mm-hmm. Or, like I remember Same. those VHS tapes and just like, we would like watch them together and we would like, that was a thing that we bonded over. Totally. You know? We had all the, like, best of DVDs that we would watch and yeah. stuff. And um, that was, like, totally... I, I think, though, for me, I didn't understand how you could go from, like... How can I get from, like, Phoenix, Arizona <laughs> right. to get to do that? And yeah. so the second I kind of found out about, like, Chicago and the improv scene, I was like, oh, this is this feels like something. <laughs> so, so what was going through your head when you first got to Chicago? Um, I mean, part of me was like very overwhelmed and, um, but then the other part of me like kind of got right to work, (laughs) you know, like I started taking IO classes first, um, which it's like improv Olympic is like kind of a, uh, stronghold theater there that like tons of people take classes there. Tons of people have famous people have gone through there, like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and people like that. And, um, so, yeah, so I started taking classes there. Because there's a couple of different places out there, right? Yeah, there's lots. You're, there's Second City. There's The Annoyance. Yeah. There's many other ones. But Why was that the one for you? 
Um, it was just kind of the first one I found, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And it, but I mean, I'm very thankful for that because yeah. it really like it's where I like learned to improvise like kind of correctly, and um, it's really where I got to do like shows at my most free <laughs> in a way. Like I did like just dumb midnight shows with like all my friends. For, you know, a lot of times the audience didn't pay any money or they paid $5. Right. And those were, like, some of, I think, like, the best times of my life, you yeah. know? And I would do shows, like, seven nights a week, you know? Wow. Just to get up anywhere I and could. And you were just, like, so happy, just loving yeah, it. Yeah, I was just, like, kind of doing school by day and then improv by night. And what, what was the thing that you were, what was the thing that got you most excited about it? Um... I mean, gosh, so many things. It, there's something, like, very electric about, like, a, a great moment at an improv show. Yeah. And there's also something very fun about, like, a horrible moment at an improv show, just, like, it eating shit. And <laughs> afterwards, like, with all your friends, like, eating pizza and being like, oh, my God, that was so bad. Yeah. And there's something very bonding about that that um, I loved, like, both sides of it, you know? And so there was – it was just, like, so fun to me, mm-hmm. you know? And, and super, uh, just, like, creatively fulfilling so to me. So were you going through, like, the motions of school, like, doing, like, the theater thing during the kind day? Of, were you just, like... Yes. I was definitely... Oh, boy. I definitely was, like, a theater student who was, like, fuck this, <laughs> like, every day. Um, but I didn't, you know, it's not like you can... I think, actually, now you can, like, major in, like, comedy or whatever, but... Um, when I was in school, you couldn't. And so I was just like, you know, doing Shakespeare monologues during the day and being like, this sucks. <laughs> I was like such a little punk You're bitch giving, like, in that way. Giving the teachers crap and they're just making it I mean, hard for I them. I definitely wasn't giving anyone tra- crap, but they like occasionally would be like, stop talking and just like <laughs> do the work. Just shut like, up and do it. Yes, pretty much. Well, well so you're doing that for all four years. Was there a moment where you kind of felt like, oh, I'm getting to a point where I feel really confident with my abilities at improv and I think I'm going to fucking do this. Kind like I want to do this. Yeah. Like I was on, um, so like they have like teams, right. it's kind of similar to UCB. And so they have like teams where, you know, and there's kind of like lower level teams and mid level teams and high level teams. And I was on like basically my first Herald team, which is like where you start kind right. of, you know? And, uh, while I was doing that, basically like, I can't even explain it, but imagine, like, the coolest, most badass girl gang of, like, the highest level improvisers asked me to start, like, sitting in on their team. And it really was, like, (laughs) I felt like I had been, like, you know, asked to, like, walk on the moon or something. It was so um, overwhelming and, like, exciting to me. Any of those people, like, still doing comedy? Yeah, totally. Most of them are. But it was this team called Virgin Daiquiri, and it was, like, an all-lady improv team. And it it was all people who had, like either already been on Second City main stages or ETC stages, which is like kind of their highest level at Second City, Mm -hmm. or were currently on the stages. And I was so far below their level. I was like fresh out of classes. So for them to like ask me to perform with them, it was massive for me. Yeah. And they, you know, I really believe the thing that like when you work with people who are better than you, you just get so much better. Right. And it was, I honestly feel like it was like my graduate school or something. So I started performing with those ladies and it just kind of opened me up to like this whole other world of like just higher level performers, you know, who were just like kind of whooping my ass and like making me so much better. Did you ever ask them like, you know, now that some time has passed, were you ever like, why, what did you, why did you guys decide to bring me on? Have you ever asked them that? Um, I don't know if I've ever asked them like point blank, but I mean, they always. Because that's a really, that's a really cool So cool. Also, like they were all friends, like they had all come up together. So I don't know, at least from my point of view, I was like, why would you want like some stranger to join your group? But I mean, really, they like gave me such a leg up because I just got to perform with these like, you know, real working comedians. Yeah. When I was like a dummy, I was like 21, you know, or if that I was maybe 20. Were you still in school? I was still in school. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just working with them, I got to like, perform at Second City a little bit or like mm-hmm. do those type of things and then I started um performing at the Annoyance through them also and so and the Annoyance they do a lot more like uh basically like improv to writing they do at the time they did like mostly like narrative shows mm-hmm. that were 
kind of created through improv and kind of purposely like dirty and blue, but like really smart and clever. And, um, and so I, that's like where I first started writing. And so they just like really opened up my whole world to like push myself kind of. Right. So, so you're doing writing as well. Was it, was it all just by like trial and error? Did you have somebody that was kind of showing you the, the ropes a bit? Yeah. I mean, I had great teachers. I had great, great teachers, including specifically this guy named McNapier, who's written great books about improv and he's sort of considered like the master in Chicago. Oh, wow. And, um, so yeah, so he, I had him as like a director and a teacher and, and even when, uh, like I got asked to audition for SNL. I had him like go through my audition with me and give me notes yeah. and help me choose the order of what I did. And he was like a huge part for me of like just getting better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, what, you know, what do you think the benefit is of just like living, sleeping, eating, and breathing something like that for so long? I feel like, God, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. That's hard to say. Mm. I got to think for a second because I, I In some ways, I think it's, like, dangerous to be so in it because you can start to, like, lose perspective as to what it can be, like, on a whole. But for me, at least, I was so young and so heavily into it that I really, I feel like I got to do sort of, like, the 10,000 hours thing, like, pretty early, which I'm really grateful for because I got hired to SNL when I was 25 and... I think it would have like destroyed me if I hadn't had that much stage time. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like completely. it would have just swallowed me yeah. up. Yeah. But I felt like I really had put in the hours mm-hmm. and like just gone as hard as I could for as lo- you know right. in the most ways that I could. And so by that time, I, like I don't know that I was a hundred percent ready, but I was at least like seventy five percent ready. <laughs> right. You know. Well, so so between so when you finished school, like what was in your mind? Where did, what what were you gonna do? So did you stay in Chicago? I, yeah, I really wanted to work at Second City, and they have these resident stages where you basically you improvise, but you also like write your own material. And you write like a two hour show Mm -hmm. and then you run that show for like six months. Oh, wow. And it's, uh, they're basically, (laughs) there's six, six, uh, actors on the ETC stage and there's six on the main stage. And that's like what Tina Fey and all these people, Stephen Colbert, all Mm -hmm. these people have done those like stages. I've seen those videos. Like there's a website that like puts out like their videos every, every week they'll put out a different old second city video. So that. Though that is like, you know, a very prestigious. Wait a second. I think I saw one with you. Oh, God. Wait a second. I did. No, no, no. no. I did. It was like a country song Mm -hmm. where, uh, oh, fuck. It was so funny. I play like a lady who is in uh, like a kind of a, like a Dolly Parton style, like old school country band. And it's (laughs) called Dolly Mae Daniels and her all ex-husband band. Yes. Oh, fuck, man. So there's like a lot of like cheery country singing, but then some very real, real real moments between. I love Um, that. I love that so much. Yeah, it was great. But yeah, so that was something I like wrote and did every night at Second City. And um, basically when I finished college... I went on a cruise ship (laughs) and performed on a cruise ship with Second City. They hired me to do that. How long were Um, you doing that for? Four months. Wow. (laughs) It was horrible. (laughs) But um, my boyfriend. at least? No, horrible food. Everything about it was horrible. I can't even say one nice thing about it. Um, Other than that, it paid me real money to do comedy. And it was like the first job I got out of college where. I didn't have to like work at a barbershop also. Like I just got paid for comedy and I could live what off of it. What were you doing at a barbershop? Were you cutting? <laughs> no, just sweeping up hair. Oh, okay. <laughs> Even less glamorous. <laughs> um, so You're yes. about to say something. I cut you. Uh, you're oh, saying your no. boyfriend. Um, oh, yeah. So my boyfriend, who's also a performer and also was a Chicago guy, he also got hired to do that Second City boat. So the two of us like went <laughs> on the ocean for four months and lived in like a windowless box oh, and man. just performed for sunburned people who were yeah. getting chicken tenders. And, um, <laughs> that and, stuff's good though. It's character building. No, it was. I mean, that's like another example of like, I had done these shows for these like shirtless sunburned men eating chicken tenders, screaming dildo at me. And like, <laughs> After that, like, oh, because you're like, uh, g- uh, give us yeah, a word. Yeah, can we have a suggestion? Uh, and they're like, just screaming dildo or whatever. <laughs> and I think, like, after that, you're like, well, I can handle like a nice audience of like 300 people. Right. That's a lot better, right. you know. Um, so yeah, so when I finished that ship, 
contract. When I got <laughs> off the ship, I got asked to do like Second City ETC stage, right. which is one of those like resident stages. So that's where like you can, you know, like pay your rent. Totally. From, it's from, like, from a like a full-time job. You gig. perform like multiple nights a week really to cool. awesome audiences. Yeah. And you, I mean, in a lot of ways you have like no boss kind of, you do your own thing right. I and mean, you have a director for the show. But then after that, it's just like you guys performing together. So I did that for uh, like two years. Wow. And uh, then, and it was just like so formative for me and really taught me to be a professional beyond just like writing and doing improv. So you're totally like this rare exception where you just got to like finish school and you just yes. became like a working yes, pretty much. comedian. Like I mean, it's not like it was like a magical thing. I'm not it saying it's like that. It was totally yeah. like a thing where I was just like scraping constantly. No, but, but, still, but yeah. like, you know, that's, sound, that's amazing. No, it, that's was, amazing. it was the best. That's also, cool. I mean, I was very lucky in that like Second City took a little bit of a risk on me in that they there's sort of like a normal path to getting on one of those stages, which is like, you know, maybe you take their classes, which right. I never did. Then you do uh, like one of their smaller, kind of like student performing teams. And then after they've seen you do that, maybe you go on one of those ships. And then after they've seen you do that, you maybe start to understudy their touring company. Right. And then you join their touring company. And you maybe do that for like two years. There's like a very like kind of set yeah, hierarchy. Exactly. Yeah. And then maybe you understudy their stages. And then you, you know, then maybe you're in the running. And I felt very lucky to like bypass that stuff mm-hmm. and just get to start doing it like right away. That's cool. Yeah. So what was going through your mind when, when SNL reached out to you about auditioning? Um, <laughs> just like loud screaming, I guess. Um, but yeah, I was performing and they came to see one of our shows at Second City mm-hmm. and they like watched the whole thing. So, I mean, I felt very lucky about that because a lot of people, they see maybe in a showcase for five minutes right. and then they're like, now come and do your five minutes and right. then that's all we'll ever see of you. Like you, you know? hear those stories about like them going to like a stand-up club yes. in like the 90s and like, you know, 10 people have to do like five minutes exactly. of material. And that still happens yeah. all the time. And um, I felt very lucky. Like Lauren and these other producers, they came and watched like a two-hour show of like just me and my five best friends doing Damn. our best material. So, I mean, that was like a best-case scenario thing yeah. that doesn't even always happen now. They, they can't always stay for the whole show or that right. kind of thing. So, And then they leave in the middle of the show and you're like, that's it. I'm totally. never working. Yeah, I'm like, never going to oh, work. Oh, crap. Yeah. My best piece is at the very end of right. the show or whatever, <laughs> you know. So I felt very lucky for that. And it made auditioning a little easier for me because I was like you know it doesn't all hang on this five minutes it does a little bit but they saw me doing my thing that I love to do in the place I love to do it like in some ways I was like this is if they don't hire me that's fine because I know that I like was myself and I did what I wanted to do sort of you know I wonder if like kind of having that attitude was probably like beneficial in a lot of ways too I do think so because I actually think that a lot of such such talented performers just get so nervous because it is like a really nerve-wracking audition situation where you're standing in this like very uh, historical spot yeah. where the where the host does the monologue and you've watched that for your entire life possibly right. mm-hmm. and there's like five people in the audience you yeah. know which is also like a nightmare right well because you need people to kind of you need to feed off that energy yes. especially you know it helps you be better at what you're doing yeah I mean and then also but also the thing is too like what, what the and it was the 40th anniversary yeah. a year ago when they showed that the clip of all the famous people who auditioned yeah who like did you know, so yes. it's like it doesn't it doesn't mean that like this is like the end of totally. of of you know yeah. your road. I know when they showed that like clip package of also like all of us auditioning, I really that was the point where I cried the hardest. Really, because I think just seeing myself and knowing how much I didn't know what was coming for me, kind of right. How like in that moment, I was just like, wow, I'm happy to be here, but I didn't really think it was like a full possibility. Yeah. It was just like so emotional to me to be sitting there at the 40th, like surrounded by these insane people who I've watched forever and to be like, oh my God, that little sad person doesn't even know. (laughs) You don't even know what's coming. Yes. I'd like to thank Squarespace for sponsoring today's episode. If you don't know, Squarespace is a gift from the heavens because it is the easiest way for you to create a blog or a website. 
With Squarespace, you can effortlessly promote your physical or online business. For example, I needed to dip my toes into the world of psychiatry this week. And you know what made it easy to do so? Visiting a doctor's website that was clean and clear and made me feel comfortable. How was that site made, you ask? With Squarespace, of course. Squarespace has made it painfully simple for you to customize the look and feel, settings, products, and more with just a few clicks. They are the only platform that lets you create, manage, and brand your store and services in a beautiful way as well. With the added bonus of everything being optimized for mobile right out of the box, you have no excuse not to do it because in fact they've gone a step further with their new domain search so you can find the right domain name and renew it at the same rate every year. It's all there. What are you waiting for? Head to Squarespace and use the offer code OBOY at checkout for 10% off your first purchase. Okay, back to the show. The weird thing when I think about it is like, I'm just like, I have like three books about Saturday Night Live. Yeah, me too. I don't know how many other things I have three books about. (laughs) Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like this weird pastime. It's like a, it's like a sports team that like everybody loves. Yes. Do you know? Do you know? Yes. But then like also loves to hate. But yes. Well, they right. Love because it but that's down. the thing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like I fucking sit home on Saturday nights and watch that shit live. Yeah. You know? Like we, that. Like you know? When that's my nice. old roommate was here, we had a TV. Yeah. I'm and we actually would... mad that you're lying to me because I know you don't have a TV. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have the I have the cable box there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we did. I mean, I remember even in college, I was like, yo, it's, it's Saturday night, yeah. or you know, like. It's like we're sitting, we're fucking watching this, and it's like you're watching your favorite sports team like do a thing, you know? Yeah. Everybody has their opinion about it. Everybody like has their favorite era of yes, their totally. team. You know what I mean? Yes. It's it's such a weird thing. It's like so. Are are you conscious of those things like while you're a part of it, or um, do you need to kind of not think about that stuff? It's weird. I think my first year I was more conscious of it, mm-hmm. and like in some some ways I would say like the history like haunted me in that way, <laughs> where I was like I'm not I'm trash, and like this is a you know, this might be my only moment to do this, but, uh, and so I felt like I had to like make my mark or or something or like prove myself or all this stuff, you know, and you know, it's very daunting to be a part of like this massively historical thing. Um, and I also think when you first get on the show, people are like really audiences are really like, well, show us what you got. Why do you deserve to be here a little bit, you know? And so I think some of that like shook me up a little bit. And it took me a little bit of time to like shake it off and be like, no, this is just like performing with friends. It's a different type of audience. It's a different way. But I mean, the nice thing about SNL is that it is live and there is, you know, about 300 people in there to watch you. And so that was like very familiar to me, you know? Right. So initially it shook me a little, I think. But you know, once you're out there doing it, it feels the same as doing an improv show at UCB or doing a, you know, a show at Second City. It feels really similar. Was there a moment where it clicked for you? Kind of, yeah. Actually, I feel like... Um, was it like a piece that you did, a character that you did? Well, I, I would say it was like a two-week period <laughs> that I can really like pin it down yeah, to, where yeah. basically uh, my first season... I think maybe four shows in, I had maybe had like one line here or there right. in every show. You know, right. just this is like a waiter or someone walking through or whatever. It was like very small. And then um, there was like a presidential debate and Candy Crowley was like the person who host moderated the yes. debate. Yeah, yeah. And so they had me do that. And it was definitely like the most responsibility I had ever had on the show, which was basically like, you know, kind of be the straight person, but like run a full sketch, you know? And, and there was this added element, which was that they were shooting it in the round, which they never do. Mm. And now I recognize how weird that was and how they never do that. But so I couldn't have cue cards in front of me and you really can't memorize because the script is constantly changing, sometimes even during the show. So you just can't memorize and it was the first time I had to say more than like, here you go, or whatever. <laughs> and so I was really trying to just like understand how even just the cameras worked or whatever. Right, right. Um, and so, you know, they basically, they dressed uh, cue card guys as extras, sat them in the, the fake like audience. Oh, so they're like And they would occasionally up. pop one up and then like pop it back down when they were off camera. I mean, it was like really elaborate and very crazy. <laughs> And I remember we were rehearsing it and someone was like, she's just going to have to memorize it. And Seth Meyers was like, no, <laughs> she, we're going to figure out a way. And I truly was like, bless this man. He'll yeah. be my friend till I die. <laughs> um, 
but so they did figure out a way and it was this crazy thing but I, the cue card guy Wally who's been there forever he right. came up and he was like we've never done anything like this <laughs> and it was so scary but it worked and yeah. we did it and I got to stay live from New York and that was like just having that under my belt that it I didn't even I don't think I had one funny line in the entire sketch right but just to have it like that done was such a huge moment for me and then the following week Louis CK was the host and I had submitted this like weekend update piece that I wrote pretty much with my friend Joe Kelly and it was the first thing that I had done that was like really like my words kind right. of. And at the table read, it was like getting really big laughs, which to that point I had not experienced. <laughs> and it meant so much to me and especially to do it in front of Louie. And then after the table read, Louie came up and was just like, you are so, so funny. And I really needed that. Like in that moment, yeah. I really needed to hear that from someone. And to hear it from him was like more than I could have ever asked. Yeah. And I was like, thank you so much. And I walked right to my office and just like sobbed. <laughs> well, but then it got, it, it got picked. And then I got to do it on the show that week. And it was just like, I finally got to do something that was like me. You felt like, you know? yeah, yeah. And it worked. And I felt like after that, I was like, I know how to do this. Right. It's the same thing I've always been doing. It's just in a different place with different people. And I think those two moments, like in succession, like changed my entire experience on wow. the show. Yeah, that's really cool. Because, uh, you know, reading about stuff, you know, a lot of people like struggle with that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and it's it, and really it can, it can easy almost, to get like, shaken, but it's. And it can like poison you and you're not doing totally. the best version of yourself. Yes. You know? And like you really can sabotage yourself just by making yourself so nervous yeah you know well how has it changed for you so far how many how many years have you been on now um so i just i finished my fourth season we're about to start my fifth wow yeah that's amazing <laughs> oh god thank you no it is but it is. yeah it's um i mean it's definitely just really different now i know everybody now yeah. i feel beyond just knowing them i feel really close to like the producers my castmates lorne right. all these people i have more than just like a they're people I work with kind of thing with them. It's like they're people who <laughs> deeply affect my life and I love them so much. So, um, I mean, that's been probably one of the biggest changes. And then on top of it, I've really gotten an opportunity to do things that I feel really proud of and that were like, yes, that was so like my voice with my friends' voices coming together to make something that was like really that we're proud of, I, you know? Are you talking about Waterbed Warehouse? <laughs> yes. Because that... <laughs> fucking change my life <laughs> oh my i think God. every time i think i'm gonna have it in my head for the rest of the day now, wow you know thank you <laughs> it's the goddamn best yeah it's just stupid <laughs> yeah. and that's what i love to do i love to do stupid stuff like that yeah it's just dumb for dumb sake but it's also it's like it, i think when you're when, when when you're having fun in something yeah it's easy for the people watching that it translates and it, it when you can, sometimes you can see when you're, somebody's like struggling through yeah. something and it's like you get a bit of an uneasiness feeling. Totally. But when you see somebody just like having so much damn totally. fun, it's just so infectious, you know? Yeah. I love that. I, love I that. do too. I really love that too. I mean, and that's like why I started doing this. And, yeah. and honestly, why I I don't love doing like stand-up or right. something. Is I, Have you ever tried it? A little bit, you yeah. know, here and there. And like I've, I do like sometimes I'll do like college gigs where it's just me. And I, it's not that I don't like it, but I love sharing that with the, those moments or those laughs or that kind of thing. Like being able to look in my friend's eyes. Like yeah. the, there's nothing better than that than sharing it with another person and being like, we did that together, yeah. you know? What, what, I remember it was maybe a year or two ago there was that like web series that you did with like Kate McKinnon. Where, oh. like, maybe she did it with her sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that's, like, Kate is one of my best friends that yeah. I'll ever have in my life. And, like, doing sketches with her on the show when it's the two of us, I can't even explain how I often feel I can't believe I'm. this is my job. Yeah. You know? Like, it's so, so fun. <laughs> can you can you pinpoint a moment? Is, you know, I'm sure you get this question a lot, and I apologize if, you, mm -hmm. if, if you're sick of answering it, but, like, is there a moment where you can point out as being, like, the most surreal thing that's happened to you, the most kind of, like, where you have to step back, take a, like, out-of-body out experience kind of? Have, has, um, have you had that? I mean, definitely, yes. I've had many moments like that on the show in general, like, you know, things where, like, Paul McCartney's, like, playing Christmas songs or something, and you just start to be like, what? 
what the fuck am I doing here? Like, I don't belong here. And this is a beetle, you know, I mean, stuff like that. But then, I mean, more specifically, like with Kate or something like that, I I think when we did Dyke and Fats, it was something that like we had in our own friendships that just like made us laugh, Uh you know, behind the scenes kind of where we would just like call each other that and it made us laugh. And it like, I think it was like an indication of our closeness, you know, (laughs) and, um, and it was something that we loved. And we sort of were like, could we ever even try and put this in a sketch? Like, that would be insane. Yeah. It's, it's on NBC. Right. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like a very broad audience. It's for everyone in all 50 states. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, Adult Swim, which I love, but it's right. not. You, you can't know? be bonkers exactly. like that like yes. right, off the, and so, right off the bat. So I think we were just like, you know what? Let's just like write it put it to the table read, even if it just makes everybody in the staff laugh, like, you know, whatever. And then when they were like, let's do it, I mean, that was like a moment for us where we were like, I cannot believe we both get to just spend the entire day together dressed as police, Uh doing like full on like fat and lesbian jokes (laughs) all day. And then, you know, even again, to have like Louie be a part of it and to have it all come together, it was just like a really like a crowning moment for us, I think, where we were just like, this is what we want to do, you know? And again, something like that resonates because like that comes through, like that that joy, you know. Is it it easy to tell when things are working? Because in, you know, the past 10 years where things have taken on more of like a second life mm-hmm. after the show yeah. you know where like you know because videos are now online and yeah people, is, is is that so what's that experience like when like i don't know what i'm asking here really no um, I, I think i get what you're saying it's like um that it's not just like on saturday and that it yeah. lives on or something like, yeah no it is weird it's i also sometimes wonder if it affects like because I, I remember when i watched snl i was like I love these Spartan cheerleaders and I can't wait to see them next week. Right. And I do think now that like you have the YouTube clip or whatever and you can watch it four times or something that some of that has changed a little Mm, bit where like recurring things don't have that. I I, I don't know. I'm, this is my opinion, but sometimes I think recurring things maybe don't recur as much as they did maybe in the nineties or in the eighties because it's just like a different atmosphere, you know? Right. Um, people can watch the clip three times in a row and that satisfies that itch, you know, whereas like sometimes, you know, in the nineties you were just like, Oh, this is all I get for the week. And then I'm going to do it like at school or at the water cooler or whatever. (laughs) And I need next week to like, you know, have it again. What do you, what do you think is the most rewarding thing for you in your, that's part of your (laughs) SNL experience so far? Um, I mean the friendships, honestly, like the friendships have changed my life and that includes like you know, the people who do the costumes and the people who do the hair, like they are people who help me, you know, create my vision in a way that I could have never even dreamed of, especially because, you know, I come from Second City where it's all about like, you know, you pretty much wear like a cocktail dress and then it's no wigs, it's no props, you make it, you know, with each other. And so to come to SNL where I get to tell someone like, I want a four foot tall, like white wig or like, you know, can you turn me into Ursula? And like, you know, they're making full amazing things all from like our own ideas. Those are the moments where I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And to collaborate with those people is like, really <laughs> amazing i mean it's just like just they're masters at what they do yeah you know? there's it's, a reason they like win an emmy every year basically because they're the best it's crazy because and also i don't think people realize like how small the actual area is no, where you it's can super build small where you yeah. can build like the sets and stuff totally. there's like what like three kind of main places where you yeah, can yeah i mean it's kind of a crazy <laughs> it's a it's a miracle yeah <laughs> it's, it's that's miracle. that's it's so wild too and especially like where like everything is like everything seems so um it's one of the last things I feel like that really feels like a high wire act. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah, it's live. It really is live. It's amazing how many people say like, how, when do you tape? Or yeah. like, or people who are like, oh, but you're on like a five second delay or, or something like that. I'm like, no, we're not. It's yeah. so live, you yeah. know? It's, it's cool. I think a lot of the things that you, we were like exposed to now, things that are like been focus group to death or like there's just a million like cooks in the kitchen, yeah. like, you know? It's, you know, I guess that's probably why it's been able to, like, be around for so long, too. Or what, not, not the only reason, but, yeah, you Yeah, know. but one of them, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about Darby Forever. How did how Whoa. did that come about? Well, um, 
you know, I love SNL, but it's like very SNL. Everything right. we do is like, it just belongs there because it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just feeling like, oh, you know, I have this other part of what I like to do that I, I can't always do there. And um, and part of that is like what I learned at Second City, which is like comedy can have heart and there can be a little bit of story and sometimes right. it can be like a little touching too, you know? And... Um, and so I think I was like feeling this little urge to like tell a little story like that, and um, and so I kind of just sat down and like wrote it all in one big thing, and then I ran it past my friend Chris Kelly, who I write with at SNL, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, you know, maybe we could just make this thing, and what would happen, and. The Mayo was really supportive, and all of a sudden I was just, like, asking for a million favors from all my friends from, like, childhood to art school to yeah. to Second City, and um, and then it all kind of came together, and we, like, made this little movie, you yeah. know? What was your experience like doing it? Really, really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so fun. And it was, like, a really special thing to me because, like I said, it really was, like, you know, the director was someone who I knew from SNL, and so was the costume person, but some of the actors in it were, like, from my days at Second City, and mm-hmm. some of the art director people were people I went to college with or I knew in high school, and right. we kind of all came together, and it was, like, a weird scrapbook of my life. It's cool. <laughs> I saw my bud George Caraman was in the background yeah, a couple scenes. That's cool. I love that dude. So many great yeah. people came and like helped and put their <laughs> put their blood, sweat, and tears into yeah. it for zero dollars, and yeah. I really was so appreciative of it. Do you think you're gonna do more things like I that? I want to, yeah. yeah, I want to. I mean, it's hard, like just the time. I that was so perfectly timed, where like I kind of wrote it after my first season, and then you know it just kind of it all came together in a way where I was like, I have time to do this right now. So, oh wow! Yeah. So you wrote it after your first season, and then it came out. Or like... no, wait, I'm th- I'm going crazy. Oh. I wrote it after my second season. But we made it after my third. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, that's cool. Yeah. What um? I mean, is it hard to do stuff like besides SNL? Like I could, you know, like scheduling things and um, stuff. I mean, it depends because, like, in the summer, we're off, you know, and we really are off. We don't even have to, like, go back and pop in or we're not writing at all. Yeah. And so, like, I've really been able to fill that time and work and do stuff like that, which has been really fun. Um, Doing stuff like Girls or Broad City or, like, shooting a movie or whatever. Those have been, like, such nice ways to, like, you know, get to do different stuff, work with different people. Yeah. and then, I mean, this past season I did uh, Horace and Pete, which is this like Louis C.K. show yeah, at the same time that. as I was doing SNL. And that was very hard, but it was very worth it to me. Yeah. yeah. I know, and I've heard him talk about it in depth mm-hmm. about the whole process of it, but I haven't really heard anybody who was, who's been in it kind of talk about it. Yeah. So I'm just curious to hear like, you know, what was your, in, from your perspective, how was that experience? Oh my God, it was really, really challenging and really special to me um it was just like um dramatic yeah very dramatic definitely was like not doing any wacky bits on that set um yeah it's really it's a sad sad story and so um the fact that like louis even asked me to be in it was really huge for me and like touched me very deeply (laughs) um and and that he trusted that, like, he thought I could do that, having never right. seen me do it. You know, I didn't yeah. audition. He just, like, trusted that I could do it. Right. Um, and so that was, like, scary, but also so, so cool. Mm-hmm. And it was really um, amazing to get to watch people like Steve Buscemi or, like, Edie Falco or Jessica Lange it's or like, Alan Alda. All these people. It's like a murderer's row of, like... It really was... People doing, like, stage acting. Yeah, and even know? just to see them, like, do it at the table reads or that kind of thing, it was, like, it was like a master class, totally. And, um, yeah, to get to, like, act with them was insane, and I often felt like a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, but that goes back to what you said earlier, yes, to, like, totally. be around people that Where are Where I was like, I shouldn't be performing with these masters, yeah. but then you just have to do it, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, actually, that was really fun. <laughs> it's like, like, Alan Alden, that it's, like, scary how good he is. Yeah. Because he's, like, you know, late, you know, for a long time, he's been playing, like, the lovable, just, like, warm, older yeah. guy, and then you see him, and he just totally transforms he's into like that character. He's, like, mean and bad. <laughs> Horrible. But, you know, it's, it's really, it was a cool experience, because in some ways, it did remind me of doing improv in Chicago, mm-hmm. not that we were improvising at all, it was mostly, like, really tightly scripted, and Louie worked so hard on it but 
that we were doing sometimes 30 or 40 minute takes unbroken. Yeah. And that's like kind of what you do in improv where you are just like doing sort of like a mini 30 minute play. You're making it up as you go along, but it's, it's similar principle where you're just like giving and taking. And I don't know, it was really so, yeah, (laughs) so hard, but it was so like amazing for me. It was such a cool, unique project. And and just like the way that it came together where it's just like, I'm going to do this without anybody's permission. Yes. You know, I I love seeing that kind of stuff. Totally. And he was so protective of it and making sure that nobody knew about it until it came out. And it was, it really felt like a team because of that. Cause we all worked really hard to like not tell anyone, right. you know? And so even like basically Lauren was the only person who knew that I was doing it. I didn't even tell my agents or managers for a long time. And, <laughs> and I basically just had to like, you know, talk to Louie asked Lauren if I could do it at the same time as I was doing SNL. And Lauren was like, okay, you know, <laughs> and he sat down and kind of was just like, you know, you have to kind of find a way to uh, do both yeah. and know that SNL is like always your home. And, right. um, and I thankfully felt like I did that. And it was really, I mean, they were long days cause I would basically do Horace and Pete in the morning mm-hmm. and then at around two or four or whenever I was done shooting or working on it, I would go straight to SNL and sometimes work till midnight or, you know, two in the morning or yeah. whenever. So it was really challenging. And it was two very different headspaces. Yeah. I mean, one is like truly tragic, a tragedy, I would say. <laughs> and the other is like, all right, what's going kooky in the world today? And yeah. so, I mean, it was a challenge. It was like a big challenge. But That's it was, cool. But you believed in it and you wanted to do it where you're like, I'm going to put that work in. Yeah. And I think happen. in some ways the adrenaline of just like working so hard kept me going. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that like having success in, you know, the path that you've chosen has, has affected you at all? Um, yeah, I'm a nightmare now. (laughs) No, No, I don't mean it. No, no, totally. Um, I, I think so. Yeah. I definitely think that I have had to reckon with a little bit like, okay, am I like SNL's 80 Bryant or am I like 80? Just like, you know, who I feel like I am and what I live or whatever. And, um, is there something in between those two things that can be both, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I think, I don't know that it's like changed me, but it's more like, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm someone who was like very much like, you know, what is the meaning of life or in any way. And I, I feel like I've had to kind of like be like, okay, what do I want my life to actually be? Do I want to be like, Hey guys, please check out my headshots or whatever. Like (laughs) this stuff that I kind of hate, you know, or do I want to like kind of find a way to live in both? Cause you know, there's like things that come along with like doing your art, <laughs> like Horse and Pete or SNL that includes like press or right. promotion or right. that kind of thing. And they go hand in hand. And that's not something I trained for. <laughs> you know, right. I didn't Did do... you have to do a media training session. No, no, no. But I mean, like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, that's not what I was dream- like when I was in Chicago right. slaving away doing these shows. I was never like, I hope I get to be photographed right? <laughs> or like do interviews. It, it, it just really wasn't a part of the dream for me. It was really like, I want to perform. And so kind of figuring out how to like have all of that. And right. I try to think of it now as like, you know, let's say I was doing something else that I loved, which would maybe be like, I don't know. Let's say I was like a real estate agent. Like, I'm sure there's parts of that job that people love and there's parts of that job that they hate. And that's that's very much like what this is. But I think for so long I thought of it as like, it's my dream. It's my dream. It's the full dream. It's it's everything about it will be a dream and I'll just float on air and I'll just always be be in a ball gown and like... (laughs) I'll just be a woman yeah. who's uh, who's a gorgeous performer, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then there's just like these other parts of it that I think I maybe wasn't prepared for or something. I didn't I hadn't thought about at all. Well, it's just because choose and I think that's a big myth too. People think you choose the path that you love mm-hmm. and it'll be easy. Right. But it's fucking so much harder in a way. Yeah, or even like for me it hasn't felt that hard. Like I random like like you said like I got out of college yeah. and I was a comedian full time, but there's like parts of it that I just hadn't, I don't know, I hadn't even put one ounce of thought into. <laughs> right, right, right. No, that's true. Are there, uh, like, I mean, what, what are the tough moments for you trying to, trying to make it work? Um, 
I mean, it's hard to call them tough because it really is like, it's so much fun and it's, you know, it is my dream. I like to fully am living my dream.com. But no, um, I get that. But like- <laughs> yes. But I think um, the moments where I'm like, oh, this is like not what I bargained for kind of sometimes, uh, you know, doing certain press things, I'll be put in a position where I'm like, this is not, um, I'm trying to think of like a good concrete example, but you know, here, here's one. Okay. When I very first got SNL, I was so excited and I was so proud and thankful and I couldn't believe that I got to be a part of this thing. Right. And like, you know, it was just so amazing to me. And there was this thing, they wanted to do a story on like the new hires of SNL basically. And it was like a photo shoot and a really brief interview. And I had never done anything like that. I had never number one, been interviewed, never had like a real photo shoot where like it wasn't just like for a show poster or something, you know? And I got there and they had just like racks of clothes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For uh, Cecily and Kate. And they had like two dresses for me. Mm -hmm. And I, in that moment, was like, oh, maybe I don't belong in this world. This is not what I bargained for. And it felt like so deflating or something. And I was really like, I just had never been put in a position like that where I was like, oh, I guess I'm less than or something, you know? And that that type of thing happens, you know? And so it can be hard to be like, no, I, my value is not my goddamn body. It's my mind, you know, right. and my body's part of that. And I use it to make comedy, but like, you know, when you're in this industry, there's, there's elements of it that can like be, make you question yourself in a nasty way that yeah. like I hadn't experienced in yeah. doing comedy in Chicago. Yeah, you know, it was like something you never, never even crossed your mind. Totally. And yeah. like, here I am worried about like writing my best material to make sure I can prove myself in that way. But now I'm being, put in this position where like I feel less than for a different reason that had never never crossed my mind wow that's kind of so I mean that's like a small thing but it's stuff like that where you're like you know if I was maybe just doing improv and teaching comedy or something like that forever I don't know if I would be put in that position Mm -hmm. so it's like some of those things come with like being a part of this industry or that type of thing that like I didn't really I think I was naive about it or something. I didn't think it would happen. <laughs> no, well, do you see do you see things like that changing for the better? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, definitely. And like there have been, you know, for every one of those, there's five photo shoots where they have a million options for right. me and I feel like a gorgeous queen who just was <laughs> photo photographed, you know, or whatever. But like <laughs> there's moments where I'm like, "Oh, this is this is nasty," you know. Well, what are the things that drives you to keep going forward when you're like dealing with like when you're in like a tough spot? When you're exhausted, when there's, like, nothing yeah. left. Like, what what gets you to keep going? I just love to work. Like, yeah. I love to do the work. Yeah. And it is the only thing in my life that I love, you right. know? I'm really, like, I mean, I love to hang out and I love to do whatever. But it's, like, it nothing compares to, like, the thrill and the, ew, is it gross for me to say ecstasy of, like, no, doing no, no. the work? No, you know? I, when, whenever, like, um, whenever I'm doing a shoot, like, I just feel like this is a privilege for me to be able to do this. Yeah. You know, like, that's how totally. I treat it. And I, maybe there will come a day where I'm like, ugh, I, I don't want to do this all day, every day. But I'm still not at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. Day to day, what, what, are, what are your fears and stresses that you deal with? Oh, my God. <laughs> um... You know, I mean, like in regards to like work or just in anything, life or yeah, anything. Just anything. Um, the first things that pop to your, pop into your mind. I mean, the first thing that popped to my mind was like my dog's butthole because it just is all. It's never well. It always needs Do you have a to pill wipe your dog's or it butt? needs. Oh my god, it's Ugh. it's an endless thing. He just he's got butthole problems. He's got a butthole problem. So I mean, that's my day to day stress. But yeah. those are the moments where I'm reminded baby, you ain't that paparazzi, you know? <laughs> You're still wiping your dog's ass and, like, worried if his glands are okay. You gotta so. express his anal glands. <laughs> yes. Not me. I take him to the vet of for that. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you see things Do you see things in comedy changing? Um, like, in what way? Well, Sorry. I don't know. Just, like, like from, how you, from when you started to, like, where you're at now. You know, do you see things being different in the, in the ways that people, yeah. um, you know... Um, 
kind of um, consume it, the ways sure, that yeah. like, it reaches people. I mean, I definitely... What you want to do with totally, it, you know? Totally, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely think, like, it is the cool Wild West of media in that, mm-hmm. like, you know exactly like doing this thing with Louie. I know it's not necessarily comedy, but like it was amazing to do this show and have it go online immediate, immediately when we finished right. and, um, you know, not have it be on Netflix or Amazon or anything like that to just be on his website. Right. And I think there's something really, really cool. And I know obviously everyone can't do that. This He's in like these special circumstances, but it's like, what would, <laughs> what would TV be if it just, instead of going through focus groups or, a million voices of network approval or whatever, what would it be if like the writer or whoever got to produce their piece and put it directly as the way you want to see it? And to be honest, that's what SNL does. Like Mm. each writer directs their own piece in a lot of ways. They make all the choices. They, they put it on as exactly as they want to be. Of course there are like little changes that have to be made for, you know, lighting or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. Blocking, whatever. But they get to produce their piece fully and like the writer is the king is what Lauren always says in that. And I think that's really true. And so I'm excited. Or the queen. Or the queen, yes. Well, ladies can be kings, (laughs) y'all. But, you know, I think that's like a really cool thing. And I I think places like Netflix and stuff like that are giving people more opportunity to like make the show that they want to make. I was like truly invigorated by watching Lady Dynamite on Netflix. Have you watched it? It is like... I watched it in a day. I watched it all in a day too. It's so thrilling to like watch TV that's different. It was just fu- It was just like bonkers in all the ways I wanted it to yes, be. You know? And I've always loved Maria Bamford. So good. And this is the thing too. I think there's a lot of comedians like because like in traditional like you know ways where it's like oh you're a funny person let's get you a sitcom. Yes. And like, oh that doesn't work out. Okay we're done with yeah, you. You're, yeah. You know and like somebody like Maria Bamford like she's been so fucking funny for so long. Right. And it's like it just took somebody to be like oh well here do what you want to do. Yeah. And it's, amazing. and it's the best. It's like one of the best things I've ever seen. It's so like layered and like it's both emotional and sweet and funny and like addresses anxiety and all these things that like anxiety, I like truly, consumerism. Yes, it's you know, so but then many also things. just like silly, absurdist stuff too. You know, but when I see something like that, I'm like, oh my god, we are like in a new age of television, yeah. and it's so exciting. And I kind of wish the film industry industry would like catch up to it because I think like a lot of like huge blockbuster movies, they're not doing the things with like representation and all these things that like a lot of TV shows are doing and it's resonating with people, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm so excited. There to, are like, little things that pop up every once in a totally. while. Totally. You know oh, that Hope's totally. still alive. Did you see The Lobster yet? No, I really want to see it. Go see it. I know. I mean, there's great movies, but Everyone, I'm talking know, about like those big, big movies where like so much of the time you're like, God, do we really want to see this? Like, I know. Well, like we're not doing anything interesting, I know. you know? Oh, trust me. I know. I sometimes put those things on when I need a um, motivation to write. Totally. Because I'm like, well, it, like, you know, I can criticize this, but they fucking still wrote it. Totally. They wrote and something they and made, made something. Yeah, it's you know, they so did all, hard. You know, so it's like I use that as my fuel to just right. be like, shut the fuck up and write then totally. if you don't like that. You're right. You know, it's, so it's true. very helpful. Yeah. Um. So, you know, what are your hopes for, you know, what what you're going to do with, you know, this path that you've chosen? Whoa, I don't know. I'm really okay. taking it a day at a time. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I think this kind of goes to what we were just talking about. I think initially when I first like got SNL, I was like, okay, I have to like work my way into like the biggest movies I can or something, mm-hmm. you know? And like after auditioning to play like, you know, Cameron Diaz's assistant like 50 times, I was like, I don't even like this part I'm, like, auditioning for a right. lot of times, you know? Or, like, I would read these scripts and be like, this isn't really, like, what makes me laugh or, like, what I like to do. And so I kind of had just, like, a brain shift. Uh, that's a clinical term. Uh, <laughs> where, Scientific. Look it up. <laughs> it's in the DSM. Where, where I was just like, okay, what if instead of feeling like, oh, baby, I got to, like, get ahead or something, that, like, if I could just try and only do stuff that I would want to watch and, like, that I really like. And I've... I really think I've managed to do that thus far. And I'm really proud of, like, you know, the stuff I've done on SNL, but the stuff I've done outside of 
SNL, I feel like it all kind of fits into the stuff that like I love, mm-hmm. you know? And so I feel I feel like I'm just going to try and keep doing that until I die. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so what's next for you? Oh, my God. Right. Like today, probably a big sandwich. Oh. <laughs> oh, I wish I could eat a big sandwich. I no know. bread on this whole 30 thing, man. Oh, I used, God. But see, but that's how I used to like reward myself. I'd be like, okay, say like I had a shoot. I'd be like, all right, at the end of the day, yeah. I'm going to get this big old sandwich. Yes. I'm just going to sit down. I'm just going to like eat it and be in heaven. That sounds so cool. Oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. Broken hearted. Well, so a sandwich is on my horizon. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to freaking do my damn thing. Our new <laughs> season starts kind of soon-ish. So kind of just, like, chilling until then. I've worked a lot of the summer, and so now I want to just, like, have this little bit of time to do my damn thing. Just relax? Yeah, kind Go of. Go to the beach? I'm not a beach You're not person. a beach person. Mm. I, I have to tell you, my four months on the ship, just like going through the Caribbean like every day for four months, I don't know if I'll ever be. I was a beach person, and yeah. then I went to the beach every day for four months, and I was like, I fucking hate the beach. Wow. Well, <laughs> I hey, know. It's sad. No, no, it's not sad. Like, that's, 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 that's what you need to do, and mm-hmm. like, I respect that. Thank you. You know? I, I respect that. Thank you. We, have, Br- we share mutual respect. Yeah. Aidy Bryant. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. That was awesome.